Welcome to another episode of the Frankie Lee Podcast. Our mission to empower others to break patterns, flip perspectives, so that together we have clarity, direction, and success way beyond what we ever previously thought possible. Here's your host, Frankie Lee. Welcome back to the Frankie Lee Podcast. Today we have probably the hardest guest to ever get on a podcast in the history of podcasting, <laughs> Mr. Jason Falovich. He founded at NFT with Mr. Mark Cuban himself and he's done bits and I'm telling you now he's also managed Holyfield and done bits across boxing as well and all sporting arenas and this podcast guys is something you have to listen to about six times because there's going to be that much value in it. Jason, welcome to the podcast. I don't know what to say to that. Thank you. Mate, I, 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 I'm just trying to... Mate, I'm, just, mate, I'm telling you, I'm hyped yeah, about this. Nice. You're a good hype man. <laughs> mate, I'm, 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 I'm so hyped about this. You know how, you know how hyped I am about this. Just yeah. to give people, Just to give people a bit of an insight into this, right? How hard is it to book Jason on a podcast? Just so that people understand this. I, I, don't, I don't like doing podcasts. I don't like doing interviews. I'm very... Uh, I just like hanging on my family, being low-key. I get enough harassment as it is. <laughs> Not that you're harassing me, Frankie. <laughs> you're just very convincing, so uh, very endearing. <laughs> no, I, 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 I think I said to Jace, I said, I think if we, if you're going to do a podcast, this is going to be the best podcast you've ever done in your fucking life. I think I, was, I think we're kind of like the way that I put it, but let's just let's just rock and roll with that. But yeah. I think I think to give people a bit of an insight into you, obviously you've got massive social media pages on Instagram in, in the sports niche and, and obviously at NFT and obviously all the, the NFT space we're going to go way in depth with. But I want to give people a bit of an insight into, into obviously where you've come from and a lot of your early days were spent in like the sports management space, right? And one of the biggest names that I saw that you that you looked after and did deals with was was Evander Holyfield. I just want you to give a bit of an insight into into how all that came about and how you even got into that space in the first place. Sure. So I would say about ten years ago, um, you know, I graduated university, I did a postgraduate degree, and I wasn't necessarily sure what my next move was in life. Um, and then I happened to work, I get a job actually as my as my with my uncle as his assistant. That was my first, like I had, you know, other career jobs. That was my first entry into uh, the sports world. And, you know, I started from the bottom. And um, my uncle was actually best friends with Muhammad Ali, which That's quality. Involved. Yeah, it's pretty wild. That brought me involved in, can you hear me fine though, by the way? Yeah, yeah, sweet. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I just, rem- I just love the fact that your, your uncle was best mates with Muhammad Ali. About 30 years too. Like they had... A lot of history, and you know, I literally was, was started working as an assistant. And um, part of his foundation was just do- donating food across the world to hungry people, and they fed over a billion people in the last thirty years. So, um, as a, Ali, at that point when I started working with my uncle Ali, um, he was too sick to travel anymore and go on these journeys and you know don't donate the foods and what have you. So, Holyfield was also you know a part of the foundation. Of- like a representative, a representative, or like a goodwill ambassador under Ali. You know, we had Mike Tyson and a bunch of other boxers, but Holyfield was the most active, and he was the most interested in, in giving back. So I, I just met Holyfield, worked with him on on the foundation, and we just we just kind of developed a friendship 
um, and then became a very good friendship. And he asked me to manage him at that, at that point and bring, you know, I didn't know that was my route in life, but some things just happen and they fall on your lap and it's up to you to capitalize on them. And I just realized I'm good at that. I'm good at, you know, brokering deals and structuring deals and talking to people, etc. So then, so yeah, I was about 26 at the time and I, I was managing Holyfield. We traveled the world together. Uh, we did a lot of amazing things. And then about two and a half years into that relationship with, with Holy, um, I was living in Europe at the time and I kind of wanted to come back home. I had a girlfriend. I wanted to, you know, kind of establish myself in Toronto where I'm from. Um, and then Holyfield was, we, he was in good shape. Like we helped rebrand him and rebuild his career after he had some financial issues. Uh, and I was recruited to be a president of a digital television network in Toronto. And then I kind of took the bait and, and I left. Um, I still help run that foundation now um, as a director. And, you know, I'm still very close friends with Ali and, you know, we just, sorry, Ali, Holyfield, Ali's past, God rest his soul. Just still really close friends with Holyfield. We talk almost every day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I felt that the management space wasn't as fun as it was. It was a, it was a ceiling for me and I kind of outgrew it. Um, just, just to give people a bit of an insight as well, how, how, for, from your opinion, cause obviously I, I, I know this cause a lot of my friends are in boxing, but I think that boxing is one of these trades where, you know, a lot of people are get, you know, they make a lot of money, but they get a lot of advantage taken out of them, don't they? So they need, they, they, they need, they need managing right otherwise, and they need the right deals making and the right people around them. Cause those boys have a habit of, of, of making a lot of money and losing a lot of money real quick. Well, here's, here's how I look at it. We've spent our careers, whether it be in building business, educating ourselves about business or, communications or whatever we took in school and, you know, just evolved our craft. Holyfield did the same thing. Holyfield from eight years old was trained to be the heavyweight champ of the world. That's all he did. That's all he focused on. He was just getting indoctrinated with that his whole life. All day. School wasn't important. Just like for us, school was important. Getting education was important. Learning. So now put us in a ring with Yander Holyfield. Me or you, Right. We're fucking dead. Can I swear on this podcast, by the way? Yeah, yeah, mate. Swear, swear away. <laughs> We're dead. We go in the ring with Holyfield, knock down a second. Game is fucking over, right? So now flip it. Now put Holyfield in our world, in the business world. Yeah, he's, he's got, he's got, he's got, he's got no round. idea. He has no idea. And he was given $350 million over his career. And... All of his people around him were people he grew up with, family, friends, etc. And he felt obligated to take care of everybody. But God, you, that's not managing his accounting or his finances. He doesn't understand that. Is that is that is is that a cultural thing? Do you think? Because obviously, like with 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 a lot of the top fighters in the day were like you know African American fighters, and they come from they came from these ghetto environments. You know what I mean? And they culturally in those environments were taught the hustle, but probably weren't taught about the business acumen. Oh, no. Like, for example, Holyfield grew up in, 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 in government housing, in the projects. He had, I think it was 11 or 12 siblings, one room. You know what I mean? Like, it was just, he just had his mother. His father, he, he never met another 12 siblings on the father's side. Um, you know, his father couldn't read or write. He would just put an X as his name as his signature, right? So for them... It was more about survival. 
not going out and getting killed in the streets or getting involved in drugs. Holyfield found a gym and that saved yeah. his life. Yeah. And he managed, he, he had someone that believed in him when he was eight years old and they said, you can be Muhammad Ali one day. You can be the heavyweight champ of the world. And he believed it and he dedicated every ounce of his life, not school, not reading, not whatever, every ounce of his life just to this, right? So he came from an environment where they were dirt poor. You know, some days they didn't eat, right? Yeah. And that's the same situation with Tyson and everyone else that lost all their money. Riddick Bowe being another one who lost 100 mil. Like that's just, it's not a coincidence, in other words, right? But clearly they're not all just stupid people who don't know how to use their, manage their money. When you're at that stage of your life and you're just focusing on getting the heavyweight title, keeping the heavyweight title, they're not, fu- they're not thinking about their money. They have yep. so much coming in. Yeah, it know, flows. Like, it money, money's flowing. A year, roughly, right? So, you know, Holy lost $350 million after taxes, right? And that's like the 90s. That's like... That's billions now. That's billions yeah. now. Because they're printing it. You give a guy who's got nothing, and you put millions in front of him. He's not going to go and take the millions and go and meet like a hedge fund. You know what I mean? He's going to have the people around him figure it out. And they don't know what they're doing. And they have greed. And they just – like when Holyfield lost all of his money, he thought he was loaded. He thought he had millions in the bank. He had no clue. He was broke. He had a knock on his door. He he lived on Evander Holyfield Highway. Yeah. In a 57,000-square-foot house. It was – it was – I think it was a thousand square feet bigger than the White House. Had the largest swimming pool in the world at the time, like Olympic size. Someone just knocked on the banks, like, "Hey, we're taking your house." Holyfield's like, "What do you mean? I got fucking fifty million in the bank." No, Holyfield, you have no money. You're you actually owe millions. And first thing is, we're gonna take that house. Rick Ross lives in that house right now. Holyfield spent twenty million on that house in the late eighties, I think it was, early nineties. Wow. How much $20 million is today from back then? And it costs them $100,000 a month in the 90s to manage the early 2000s to maintain this place. So millions a year. He's probably in for that into the house for $50 million after taxes, which you have to earn $100 million for. And this is like in a time where $100 million today is probably worth, you know, I don't know, two, three, four hundred million, right? He didn't have a clue. That he was broke. That just goes yes. to show how, like, like when you get to that level, and you're not even like you're just focusing on taking over the world, beating Mike Tyson, whatever it is. You're not thinking about the millions. Yeah, you have, they're just coming in. Like you go into the ring, it makes thirty million. Like he doesn't think like that. So that's like the and Tyson was the same way. I think the key thing here is like always, always have your finger on the pulse when it comes to your own money. Like because at the end of the day, to 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 be in a position where you got three hundred and fifty mil coming in you know, across, across a couple of years and then, and then being, being in a position where you don't even know that you're getting kicked out of your own house and then someone coming and physically taking you out of your own property. Yeah. That's, that's some, that's some that's crazy cool. stuff, but, but I don't know where I want to no, no, it's just, just, just some crazy mismanagement, isn't it? Oh yeah. I remember, I don't know what year this was, but we were going, I was in Atlanta with, with Holyfield and went to his house and the gates, have like his logos on it and his Bible scripts and guys sitting outside his house. He can't, you know, he's locked out of his own house. And he, at that point I know where to live. And he's like, the gates are locked. I'm thinking to myself, man, like you built this with like everything you had. And now you're trying to find an apartment. 
for living. Yeah. And he had no clue it was incoming. Has he, has, is Holyfield now, is he financially good now? Because oh, I, yeah. because I, because I saw him fighting on TV the other day and it upset me. Like it was, it was, it was. That's probably a nice payday that he needed, right? He, he's earning power. He can make, you know, probably a million a year. Yeah. Just with his earning power. But that was an opportunity to have one last big bag. You know what I mean? He's on. Yeah. He's not making, I don't know what he made, but I imagine it was like 10, 20 million. And he, he ain't making that anywhere else these days. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a, it's just a, it's just a shame for me because I've watched him all my life, you know, growing up. I've watched. Me, yeah, know? it's just it's just upset me because I know how much you know getting punched in the head continually. Any any punches to the head after like thirty years old start to accumulate real quick on the eyes and the miles on the clock. And and you know when I saw um what was that guy that he fought called um can't think of his name oh. but when I saw him take the liberties that he was taking with a fifty year old I thought mm, not for me. It's an exhibition. You don't take those kind of liberties on an exhibition. I just don't. I just don't agree with it. On on on, on, on idea from yeah. everyone, the produ- whoever produced the event. I don't know. It was maybe it was Triller. I don't know. Yeah, um, that was it. Yeah, Triller. Yeah, Triller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoever yeah. was advising Evander should never have allowed him to go in the ring. Yeah. Um, but again, agreed. Right? They see twenty million bucks. Oh no, Holyfield, you can do this. You, look at you, you're still in great shape, and he is in great shape. Yeah, he's like, fantastic but, shape. But but the, but the guys lived that life. Yeah, your speed, your reaction, your hand-eye court, all that slows down, right? And he doesn't realize that. He still thinks he's as tough as he was because, you know, they don't want to admit it that they slow down. Like even the Mike Tyson-Roy uh, Jones Jr. fight. I stupid, was, stupid. I, I, I hired Roy Jones Jr. for a fight like five, six years ago. I put him in the ring to fight a fan for 100 grand. And this is like – it was it, – we had like tens of thousands of people – submit videos like why they should fight Roy Jones Jr. Like they're like, you know, curling like kegs and shit. Like it was pretty you, you, you organized that. Did yeah. You, Did you see that? Yeah, I saw it. I thought, I thought yeah. fucking who's putting fucking Roy Jones Jr. in the ring yeah. with fans. And that was you. And, fucking yeah, hell. And at that point, this is like six, maybe, I don't know, five, six, seven. I don't even remember. But like he wasn't fit to fight even then. Yeah. Yeah. He happened to fight a nobody, but. But then he gets in the ring with Mike Tyson, and I don't know. It felt like there was. It felt like the gloves must have been stashed with like feathers because no one got hurt. They were punching each other. There was no blood. It was. It yeah. was entertainment. It was a gimmick. Yeah, and, I, th- I, I think there was a lot of mutual respect there. At the end of the day, right? If we're being, oh, yeah. if, if we're being, if we're being totally honest, Jace, like Mike Tyson could switch off Jones's lights anytime he, I mean, if he connects. Do you know what I'm saying? Right, Just, but Jones is still fighting. But yeah, Mike's yeah. gonna ring. Ever. Yeah, I, did, I I mean, look. At the end of the day, I, I I I watched it and I thought, what am I watching here? Like this, this is you're talking about two completely different weights, like completely yeah, different. Yeah. I mean, the 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 Roy Jones at like super middle was unbelievable. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But the Roy yeah. Roy Jones is never was never going to be a heavyweight in in a million in a million. Well, fucking he actually years. won the heavyweight title, Roy Jones Jr. Yeah, but yeah, but that was back in the day and different circumstances. But yeah, yeah, but not, nowadays, but not, but not, not now, not, not, not oh, like he's, he's, he look, shouldn't be fighting. Let alone, what do you mean he shouldn't be fighting right now? Let alone 
fighting heavyweights. Yeah, but what 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 I meant by that was like the body size of them both now. Like when they were both stood there, he's not a heavyweight. He's just a oh, no. he's just a he's just a fat middleweight, basically. <laughs> that, that, yeah, that, that's what he looked. That, that's that what his body is, condition. Yeah, you're hundred percent right. That's what I, that's what that's what I meant when I said that. But um, you're right. but yeah, that, that's so obviously you went from that and then you pivoted out of that into into playline. So yeah, so I was running this digital television network, which is where we did the Roy Jones fight and. I don't know. I was probably like 29 at the time. I'm turning 37 now. So I just didn't, I felt like I was my partner. So, so I was the first employee at that digital television network. I was the president. And then I hired our director of programming, which is, which his name was Aaron Abruskin, who's actually my business partner now and everything. Um, and we were just him and I were running the company. Him and I were bringing all the beautiful events. Like we did, if you remember Shooter McGavin from Happy Gilmore, we did a, a ten million dollar hole in one challenge, hosted by Shooter McGavin. It was a world record of the largest uh, hole in one purse of ten mil. So like we did a lot of cool shit, but like we were building someone else's dream. Like we didn't own the company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aaron and I. Um, we ended up hooking up with Michael Bisping, a former UFC middleweight champ of the world. Uh, he was one, he was one of my best friends now and business partners. But at that time we hired him to be on the card with Roy Jones Jr. Yeah. But he grappled Chael Sonnen. We actually have to get approval from Dana White to allow them out of their contracts. And that's why it was a grappling match, not a fight. We yeah. just, you know, if the name value was good. So Mike after Mike and I, after that became very, very close, obviously, because I represented Holyfield, I had tons of contacts in that space. So I started bringing some business to Mike and he ended up moving to Toronto for about three months to film triple X, the movie, movie with Vin Diesel. And I had just left my job as the president of the digital television network and him and I hung out every single day and became best friends and myself and Aaron of Ruskin or, you know, we wanted to get into the fantasy space, sports betting space, because, like, that was our passion at the time. Like, we loved that space. We're big sports guys, big gamblers. So, so myself... So you, so you, you because, because you are actively betting on a lot of these sports games yourself and because you're interested, mm-hmm. that's why you went into that. Yeah. Which is, which is a good thing yeah. for people to identify that listen to this, because what you're saying is lean into things that you love, essentially. Dude, you got it. Frankie hit it on the head. Like we looked at the industry and at that point, FanDuel and DraftKings dominated and everyone else was leaving the space. It was the worst idea to get in, but it was what we loved. And we're, we figured if we're going to leave these high paying executive positions, we're going to do something we fucking love. Yeah, and I love it. I love it. To play so I started out with Aaron and Michael Bisping and then Bisping was champ at, this, at the time. He was fighting... George St. Pierre, Mads Square Gardens, GSP's first comeback fight after years off. I, was at the, I remember I went to the fight. Um, he was main event in Mads Square Gardens. and ended up losing his title to GSP. And before I went down to see him, before I went to the hospital, and because it was the biggest fight of his life, all his family from the UK were there and friends, etc. So he, he said, like, hold – Pulled Ford at the after party because he had to get stitched up at the hospital. So I went to the after party and, you know, I just said, Mike's coming, blah, 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 blah. And I see this one guy. I'm like, oh, my God, you're the biggest man I've ever seen in my life. So it was Roy Hibbert, who's a former NBA player. He's seven foot two. Giant. 
Uh, and he, I, I'm like, hey, what's up, Roy? Like, I, I recognize him. So I'm like, what, what, what are you doing here? He's like, you know, I'm looking for Michael Bisping. I'm a big fan. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, like, that's my business partner. He just, you know, he's, he's at the hospital getting stitched up. He'll be here soon. Um, he's like, yeah, what do you guys do together? I'm like, well, we just started this company called Playline, and we're just launching at the time. He's like, oh, yeah, I've been, I, I like that space. I'm interested in that space. I'm like, all right, take my number. We'll hit it off. And I'll, like, hit me up, and maybe you can get involved in some capacity. So I remember I flew home from New York, and a couple of days later, Roy called me. Um, he just loved the project. He loved Mike. We hit it off. Roy and I are now, Roy and I are now best friends also, and he ended up starting the company with us. He invested alongside us, and, he, yeah, and the man. four of us kind of ran with it and just hustled all the way till now. This is, this is the one thing that I learned from talking to people like yourself and other, other top entrepreneurs in, in the space is the fact that, one – they're always leaning into things that they that, that they nat- they would naturally do anyway. Mm-hmm. So like with with everything that you're doing, every business you're in, every relationship you're in, you like the people. So you're you're only doing business with people you know, like and trust, and you're o- and you're only leaning into things that you love, right? And 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 they are they are the two key things that through all fifty seven, fifty eight, whatever number of episodes we're at by the time this one goes out everyone says the same fucking thing and it's just it's hidden in plain sight it's not black and white white, man if you do what you love and like i don't do it for the money i just fucking loved it yeah i wanted to get up every day and do what i love to to this day till till today i fucking love working i love what i do yeah i would never have had that freedom now i have three kids like i wouldn't had not taken that chance now i'd still be under someone's thumb, probably making good money yeah. in some corporate job, but now I have the freedom. Yeah, and that and that's and that's all we want. That's all we want. We like yeah. every, everyone thinks everyone thinks the game is is all this money and money's yeah. money money's great, but freedom is the ticket. Dude, it's time. You're getting the only commodity in life you can never get back is time. Right, yeah, you can yeah. be the richest motherfucker on this planet if you're dying of fucking colon cancer. You're gonna die. That's yeah. it. Yeah, I don't care how much money you have. You gotta put a value on your time. For me, time is worth more than money. Am I gonna spend my time doing something yeah. I love, regardless of the outcome? I didn't do it to become a fucking billionaire or whatever it was. I did it because I loved it. Yeah, and that's yeah. where I wanted to dedicate my time to. And it every sign pointed against going into the fantasy sports business. So it's everything. But you know what? This is how we wanted to spend our time. We wanted to not only bet on ourselves, yeah. but do something else. Jace, like everyone, everyone in the world would tell me that podcasting is saturated, right? But the, but the difference is there's not many podcasters that are doing it for the right reasons anyway. Like a lot of there's them do only, There's only one Frankie, right? Yeah, there's, well, there's, only one, there's only one of me. So obviously I build my own audience predicated on whether they like me or not. That's, that's cool. I get that. But what I'm saying is that when I listen to, to people doing podcasts, I can, I can see there's a reason oh, it's a lead generation for this or it's a way of doing this or a way of doing that. But when you actually genuinely love the art and you sure. love doing every yeah. rep and you like having conversations with people like yourself, that, and you're absolutely fully present in that moment as well and you just fucking love it, I couldn't give a fuck about the rest because the rest will just work itself out. Do you know what I mean? You're talking like a like a, like a veteran right now because that's 100 percent true. When you go into your podcast game, you just want to get into the podcast game. It doesn't matter how competitive this space is. Yeah, like when yeah, I yeah. go into Playline, DraftKings and FanDuel own 99.9 percent of the industry, and they had billions of dollars behind it, and I had zero dollars. Like bootstrap, fucking, I was in debt for years. 
yeah. you know, building the company. It didn't matter. I just kept believing in myself. I kept believing what I was doing. I didn't think about the competition. I just focused on me and being the best version I could be and build the best company that I know I can do. I wasn't like the problem is people look at their competitors like I can never do what they did. But yeah. everyone starts from this position of nothing. Yeah, Most yeah, people, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know. You have people who have started with money, right? I didn't. But most people that are successful and billionaires and successful companies, they started with the same zero that you had. Yeah. There's no different from this guy or me. Yeah. He puts 100%. his leg, his pants on two, you know, one leg at a time in the morning, same way I do, and same way you do. And once you let once that clicks in, the world's yours. Once yeah. you realize you're as capable. It's, like, I wasn't smart in school. I had fucking ADD, dyslexia. I was in special ed my whole life. Everyone said I was going to be fucking flipping burgers. Everyone in school. Because I wasn't – I just couldn't focus because my brain was just like – it was an, an imagination. I was yeah. dreaming big. And then and the way we grew up, like we're probably similar generations. Like that wasn't a th- – they weren't like having you, you know, trying to like figure out – what you're good at or figure out no. your skill set unconventionally. It's like, this is what the rules are and follow this and this and that. Right. I'm so, so I'm, that, I'm, brought, that could brought me down. Right. I, yeah. I convinced myself I was stupid. Yeah, because and because I, they indo- they indoctrinate you to think that, that 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 they try and place these labels on you. One of the labels that was placed on me as a kid is ADHD. ADHD ADHD to me is just about oh, yeah. someone saying to you. you Nah, nah, nah. My dad, my mom, and dad would not let me do that stuff. Well, my dad, my yeah. dad, my mom was like, yeah, straight up for it. Like, if it calms him yeah. down, cool. But like, my dad was like, not was nah, nah, nah. No drugs, no, no, no nothing needs to alter my son's brainwaves like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, everything was bad. But 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 here's 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 the key thing with that. ADHD is a is is a label that people that people get given as a child, and then take it on into victimhood as an adult. So they then use this ADHD as a reason why they can't concentrate, or the reason why they can't concentrate, or, or do I this can't or do, do that. This, I'm ADHD. I can't yeah. do this. I'm dyslexic. Yeah, but whatever it is. But here's the thing, Jace. Right, the reason you can't concentrate on what you're trying to concentrate on is because you're not actually fucking interested in what you're trying to concentrate on. Hundred percent. That's it. But that's the game. you fucking love as ADHD. Fuck. You're the best at that. Fucking look what we're doing here right now. Like, do you right? know what I mean? Look at fucking uh, what's his fucking name? Uh, Richard Branson. The guy's yeah. on every fucking disability yeah. out there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Made, like everyone's yeah. on this world for a purpose. Not everyone's supposed to be going to school and eight pluses and good everything, right? We're we just ha- like people like us, ADHD. You know, the guys that are like. I don't, want, I don't want to say outcast, but like, you know, not the yeah. typical student. They just got to find what, like, they got to follow their heart and follow their dreams. And eventually when they find what they love, it's going to fucking, it's going to work. But you, you have to be, a, you, you have to be beat a little bit different. You have to, you have to be kind of out there to go and try and do the things that I'm trying to do and try and do the things that you're doing already. You, I mean, you're way ahead of me, but like, you know what I mean? You have to be kind of, right. you have to be kind of out there and back yourself into that. Do you know what I mean? And, and yeah, but, but, but you will only ever get to the highest of highs if you're willing to go to your lowest of lows and experience them and sit with it as well. Like it's a the fact. Lows, man. The lows are low. I got to tell you, I got, when I started playland, like I was, I guess I was 30th time ish. I, I was broke. I was so broke, man. I was 
fucking borrowing money from family. I was taking out loans. I was I was taking money out of my uh, equity out of my house. I was like, every, it was like every other month. It was like I can't. It's, it's like it's not gonna work. I'm not. I can't do this. I'm not good enough. Yeah. And then you feel like once you fight that voice inside of you, and you start believing in yourself, the whole world changes. Everything around you, good things happen. Was it was, was it first was it Playline that really changed your life and changed your monetary situation? Yeah, definitely. So Playline so, because at this point it was on me. Yeah. Yeah. So just it's just about so so the the biggest pivotal point then in your life was the day that you took ownership. Facts. Yep. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I mean it's, it sounds that was so, my turn to get on me, right? What was that, sorry? Now it's my turn to bet on me. 100%. If I can't do it, I'm the only one who's responsible. If I can do it, that's my success. Yeah, and, and, and this is what I try and explain to people. I'm like, if you take responsibility for absolutely everything, the good, the bad, and everything in the middle, if you take absolute, absolute responsibility for every fucking thing that happens to you in your life, positive or negative, and own that fucker, you are, you, that, that is the freedom you need in the mind to achieve freedom in your okay. life. You know what? hundred percent. And when the bad things happen, you're supposed to learn from it and prevent it from happening again. You yeah. failed at this. You, you, you didn't succeed. Like when we were trying to raise money originally, like it was just no after no, probably 50, 100 firms, people, investors said no to us. And imagine all those people say no to you, you and you have no money. Yeah. You're still going more into debt to yeah. build your dreams. If it was easy, everybody would do it. If it was yeah. easy, everyone would be Mr. so successful, right? It's not supposed yeah. to be easy. Hun- yeah. I d- straight, straight down the line, what you've just said there resonates so much. Like, you, you can't get too too involved in in the analytics of of of, of the you know you you can't get too involved in the analytics of a podcast. You can't get too involved in the analytics of the fact that you've gone to twenty five people. Just go to twenty five more. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, soon as like, you, soon as you get tied up in that, you you you're probably not lean. You're probably not leaning into the right thing. Because that's showing you something. Because you because you're getting tied up in the wrong metrics. If I got tied up in in if I got tied up right now today in just thinking about solely about monetizing podcasts, oh, I'm in yeah. the I'm in the wrong fucking game. You already failed before you started. Hundred percent because you, because you're doing it for the wrong reason. You 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 lose the passion for what you're doing. You lose the purpose has to be way bigger than yourself too. I mean, you, you, yeah. what did you tie your purpose to when you in the pursuit? Was this all to do with, with your for, providing for your family, or what? What was the key driver in the purpose play for you? I just wanted, uh, it's like right now, always just about my family, my kids. That's it. You know, at that point, I was single. I didn't have a family, but I knew I always wanted to be a dad and I wanted to, I just didn't want to struggle. Like I've struggled. I've been rich. I've been poor. I've been rich. I've been poor. I just didn't want to struggle anymore. I wanted to build something sustainable. Yeah. So my generations of kids in my, in my life and grandkids and great grands all have something to hold their hat off. Like it's almost like the legacy. Like my grandfather, you know, he was wealthy. He, he, he was wealthy. He was an immigrant but he spent every dollar on like Rolls Royces and Bentleys and he had opportunities to build, to buy like a plazas and properties. And he did none of that. Yeah. 
And then yep. he died and left nothing. Yep. It was just like, he had like 30, a fleet of 30 cars and you have like four of the same Porsches and shit. But like, for me, it was like, I don't want to, I saw the mistake and I saw that it didn't help the next generation. And like, he was like, you know, immediate gratification for him. And for me, it was like, I don't want to like, I find that, like, you know when you have some people who have bad parenting and they fuck up and they fuck with yep. their kids. Like for me, it was like, I just try to see everything that went wrong in, in the people around me and how can I make it better? How can, when I die, my kids are... Yeah, you kind of leave something that lasts beyond you. Right. That, that, that's, that was a lot of part of the motivation, for sure. That, 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 100%. And, and you should, you're not, you're not, you're not here to do fuck all. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Like, every, every everybody... You know, one life, bro. Every, one life. Every, 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 everybody, yeah, for, for what we know, one, one life, right? So, so you're, you're, you're put on this planet right now. Everyone listening to this, you're on this planet to do something. And you, you have to, your, your only, your only job, your only fucking job for yourself is to find out what lights you up and lean into that. Put a bit of purpose, yeah. put a bit of purpose around it. The, pur- the purpose around it has to be bigger than you. It can't just be about serving yourself. Otherwise, you'll fall out of fucking love with it real fucking quick. And then, and then, and then, and then when, once you've got that sorted, you can kind of move forward and, and, and mo- start to move through the gears and you'll start to see. I've seen more growth since I started to look inward in my life than I've ever seen ever. So with breath work and, and, and doing, doing stuff like this, yeah. just doing the inside work, just doing what it takes to, to learn more takes. about who Frankie is. You meditate? Yeah, yeah, I try. I try. I try. I try. I mean, I mean, I mean. Essentially, what I'm, what, what I'm doing there is that I'm sitting there and I'm just let. I'm just. I'm letting my mind go to a place, and I'm not judging it for going there. Yeah. If that, if if that, that's that. That opens your mind to new things. Have yeah. you heard of um, law of attraction? Yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah. Well, that was a big. I would say it was a big turning point in my life. Um, just believing in your own voice and, and like in your soul, believing it and not worrying about what other people around you say about you or yeah. judge you or whatever the case is. Cause at the end of the day, like in a year or two years, you'll may never see that person again. And they don't like your life should be dictated on your happiness, not like what people around you think. And that's yeah, why I'm 100%. not so big on social media and all that shit. Cause like, I don't know. I just like, I, I like to look inward, not outward. Right. I just yeah. kind of, Find what I like that makes me happy. It makes my wife happy, my kids happy, my you know, and that's where I just put my energy. And once you start to, I, actually, let, let me back up because when I before I started, when I left the the job as the, the president of the Digital Television Network, I was lost. I was totally lost, and I had broken up with a girl at that point. Uh, she was very ill. She had cancer. It was it was a rough go so i left the job i left the the girl was like we just broke up amicably it wasn't related to the illness or, or what have you um i, I fucking bought a, a one-way ticket to thailand backpack on my back i just i just left i, I just soul searched and i went for a few months actually ended up getting rabies like so leave <laughs> that's another story but um i just like kind of had to like the world was going so quick around me and everyone Everyone was in a rat race and everyone started yeah. to with each other. And it was like, whoa, like, why do my friends own houses and I don't? Why do my friends have kids and I don't, right? And then once I left and I kind of just like, 
wanted to find myself and I came home, it's like, you know, you go at your own pace. You, I just found yeah. who I was. It was fun. Yeah. Like I, was, I forgot I lost myself. I lost myself traveling the world with the band Holyfield and working with Muhammad Ali and running yep. a president, being a big dog in this digital business. Like I was just, I needed a reset. And then once I reset, I didn't fuck up again. Like I came back with, I was a different human being. Yeah, because you, because you, because you were placing your purpose at the time in other people and other people's journeys. Yep. And it's just yep. and and that was before I got a play line. Actually, I didn't know what I wanted to do. In my life. Yeah, but I was thirty. Yeah, but 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 here's the thing, right? If you're thirty, if, even if you're forty, and you still don't know what you want to do in life, it doesn't mean it's too late to 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 find that little bit of purpose, a bit of clarity. And it doesn't. It it also doesn't mean, Jay, that you have to go and judge yourself massively bad for it, because it's in the judgment one way or the other where where people stop themselves from growing. That's what I need you to understand if you're listening to this right now. It's like in the in your own self judgment. It, that, it's that internal conversation, that internal judgment that fucks you, it literally fucks you straight, oh, straight down the line. That voice. You, you, you got to just, you got to just be like, okay, cool. Like that didn't go to plan. Okay. How can we, how can we move forward on this? Or I'm going through the same pattern of events in business or with a partner or, 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 or I'm going through the same patterns, communicating with people that keep, that keep leading me at the same fucking location that I don't like. So maybe yeah. I'll just, maybe I'll do, maybe I'll look inward and find out those triggers and find out what's leading to them so that I don't keep fucking repeating them. Life's too short. Like if you don't learn from your mistakes and you keep repeating them, then you're just wasting your fucking life. Yeah. 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 So let's. I feel like you can, you and I can get so fucking deep, mate. Honestly, <laughs> we can do it right now, and then we're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mate. Honestly, I, uh, mate. Honestly, uh, mate. I'll tell you what. I'll do my first joint when I get invited around your house. <laughs> I love that. That'd be great, <laughs> mate. I've never, I've never, I've never done, I've never done a joint. I've never, I've never smoked. I've never took drugs in my entire life, mate. Never drank alcohol. Like I'm, I'm proper, stra- I'm proper straight down the line, Jay. You know, I actually never smoked. I never smoked weed growing up. No. I actually started just smoking weed like three years ago and I did it for medical purposes. Like, you know, I, I because like guys like us with ADHD where our brains never stop and it, it just allowed yeah. me to kind it allowed of allowed you like, to calm. Yeah. Yeah. And my world I'm in now, especially with NFTs, like it's 24 seven, it's around the world, never stops. doesn't close. Yeah. And I just, I couldn't shut off. Right. So yeah. we just helped me decompress and chill and like, it actually gets me quite creative. But yeah. I come up with a lot of ideas when I'm high. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I, I, I think I think things like um, things like weed and things like uh, mushrooms and microdosing and all that kind of stuff are things that I've explored in terms of looking into them and understanding them and, and asking a lot of people like yourselves who are high level entrepreneurs that are using these things to access higher levels of, of thought and, and open up minds that I I have I have asked the questions about these about these topics to them and, and they've told me so much information like like what you're telling me now. But the 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 way that I am the way that I'm taking myself to the next level is I'm accessing the breath. And when you access breath in the way that I'm being taught to access breath through breath work, it releases the natural DMT in your body and takes you to the the same place as where mushrooms would take you. Not as probably not as deep as quick, but the one the one key thing that I learned through doing it through breath work is 
when you go there with breath, Jace, and say you're going to breathe, you're going to breathe for like an, an hour and a half, and you, and you, and then after after twenty minutes, you're into that place where you get that creative and you can observe your own yeah. thoughts. If you get there through breath, you've had to do the work to get there. So there's some work required from you, the human being, to get to that place, right? If you take a substance, you are foregoing the fucking work to get to the place in a lot of cases. You're right. I took a shortcut. So, so, and there's nothing wrong with the shortcuts. But before I before I take a shortcut, I thought to myself, I want to instill the work ethic in me to to be willing to do the work to get to the place before I take the shortcut. Does that make sense? Hundred percent. I just, I, I just think I actually did the same thing. Yeah. Like when I, especially when I went away and I traveled, I started getting to, you know, I started breathing more and I started focusing on my breath a lot and. Like, cause I, I find that I don't breathe. Like, I'm just like so uh, hyper and yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't work. I'm constantly, I don't stop, right? Because if I stop, then you know I run the business and people suffer if I'm not doing my job, right? So I'm constantly going, and the breathing definitely helps. Like, I I'm building a house right now, and I put a um a um a steam shower in my main shower so I can just like have some time to myself. It's, I don't know if you have kids or not, but once you have like, I got three kids, two and under. I have twins who are two years old. I have a baby who's four months old. Yeah. I don't get a second to myself. Right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I haven't had the chance to sit there and breathe for an hour and a half and do that shit. Anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a single, it's a single man or woman's game or... Or it's a game that you have to be 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 you have to book time with yourself. Like you schedule in a meeting, you'll have to schedule in a you'll have to schedule yeah. in that time of yourself. And that's you just gotta take care of yourself. Yeah. And, and that, your mental health is I mean, now that I've like I, I, I it's weird, like when we were younger, I was open about my mental health, but no one was, right? It was like you were getting judged for it. Yeah. So now it's like everyone focuses on their mental health and they realize they have to yeah. address their internal shit and or or they have to take some time for themselves, regardless how busy they are, because you, you can't like you need to you need, you need to help you need to work on yourself. It's like everyone just focuses on making money now. It's like, yeah. like what what about you? What about you? Like if if I die right now, yeah. you know when people are fucked? Like my brother works for me, my two brother in laws work for me, my assist my yeah, sister's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. my sister was my sister in law. My wife doesn't work, right? If I fucking go, I have, you know, 50 plus staff. We're done. Everyone, yeah. I, me dead fucks 50 plus people, right? Yeah. So I got to yeah. take care of me now. Yeah. I, I, you're speaking to the choir. That Like, that's, this is what I try and explain to people all the time, Jace. is like, you, like, our, our relationship and how we've become friends through Instagram and all that stuff and, and this conversation and all this stuff, right? Because it's for the right reasons and because we're just two people who are interested in different things and, and we're having conversations and it's just genuine, it works. As soon as you start to think about just trying to, oh, I'll just try and sell Jason this deal or I'll just try sell yeah, Frankie. Like I'll, just, I'll, just sell Frankie I'll just sell Frankie this NFT. Like, as soon as you start going down those lines... You, you 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 don't you there's no growth there there's no growth there because because at the end of the day jace you and i both know right there'll there'll probably be deals that me and you do down down the track in a year's time 12 months time 16 months time me and you'll do the, if they happen naturally they happen naturally anyway who gives a fuck no one has to sell if anyone anything is getting me on this podcast to do a deal with me then you've already lost me 
Yeah, exactly right. right. That's 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 what I'm trying to explain. That's why that's why I'm trying to explain. Yeah. That's that's why you're turning down ninety nine percent of the offers that you get for the podcast. Not everybody wants something from me. And listen, that's great. Like I've earned, like I've earned the right to be in this position. I've worked hard, but like I don't want to just just because I have it. I don't. I'm not yeah. giving it to everybody. I I have every time someone's asked me for an interview. I remember one guy early on in NFT asked me for interviews. Like, yeah, I write for Entrepreneur.com and. This and that, and it was like you know, it was early in red NFT. flag. Yeah, yeah, you get those, I get those fucking fifty DMs a day. But like you know, I he looked more legit. I mean, yeah. Maybe I was naive at the point, and he he's like, yeah, well, we're gonna get you on this. We'll write an interview. All be entrepreneur.com. And then at the end of the interview, he was like, so I have this really cool NFT project, uh, right? And and then that that took over the conversation. And then an yeah. email after was like, hey, thank you so much for the conversation. We're going to do some edits. By the way, I want to put this in front of you. Can you help me get it to Mark? And then I'm like, mm, guess Syn- what? Syn- I Syn- never yeah. put out the interview. He never put out the interview. And I called him out. I said, bro, I know that you just had me go through all this time and effort and whatever. Come on your pod, your, your mm. fucking interview, whatever it was. Mm. I know you're doing that because you want to get access to NFT through me. So mm. I said, I don't know if you're going to be running that interview. I said, don't put it out. I said, I'm not, I don't want to be used. If you literally just hit me up and say, hey, I'm working on something. And I love your advice. I would have probably helped them. Yeah, fucking hell. Fucking hell. But th- 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 I just don't, I just don't get the short termism of society these days. I, I, I always, I you always put. What's that? Oh, sorry, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just don't want to forget my thought. The best is when someone does something for me. Like, let's say I have an issue with my Instagram account or whatever, yeah, something yeah, small. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, like, let me help you. I got you. Let's do it. Uh, let me help me. And, like, oh, by the way, because I helped you, can you post this on at NFT? Like, did you, like, do you want to, like, be a good human being or are you doing this? Mm, are you trying mm. to be good? And then you take it all away. Like, everything you've done good is gone now. Yeah, if you're yeah. doing it for the ex- expectations of getting something free out of me, that, you lost me. And that's, the, that's, a, that's a really good key point that you touched on there. Because when you give, give without expectation, it will change your fucking life. Change your life. Just give. Pay it forward. Just, just because, because, because it, like I keep saying, right, this podcast – we don't have to go into figures of what I've put into to putting all this together, getting the content edited, all that oh, stuff. Wow. We don't have to. We don't. We don't have to go into that. But there, there's a there's there's a cost. There's a cost associated with producing this podcast, right? And I give it away for free, and I'm trying to add as much value in people's lives as fucking possible. Now, as a byproduct of that, if I if that if we call that a hundred percent value, as a byproduct of that, throughout my life, I probably will attract one percent of the value back into my life as a natural byproduct of giving a hundred percent value. I don't have to fucking worry about selling you this fucking widget day one. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. because because it comes with time. If you if you do if you do it for fundamental the right reasons, it comes with time. Hundred percent. Like if you hit me up after this to do a deal or whatever somehow, hundred percent. You're a good fucking dude, I can tell, right? You're not coming to me you're 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 building your podcast, you want good guests, whatever, and I happen to appeal to you. And I know it's not for the objective of Hey, can you post on NFT after? It's like absolutely yeah. not. You know what I mean? Fuck like, and no. then it's, it just sours it. Like, I don't, like be just be a good person. Be you. Do the right thing. Good things happen to you. Like, if I didn't fucking grind, 
I, I made not a dollar for five years. And now I'm like, uh, I'm part of Zamar Cuban. I'm doing all those amazing things. And people think I got lucky. It's like, yeah, I got lucky. I spoke to Mark and we hit it off. But yeah, it took me five years again to position to get lucky to talk yeah. to Mark. I didn't fucking say, hey, Mark, can you help me? And, and I need this from you. It's like, you, you just have to put yourself out there, be a good person, believe in what you do, and good things will happen to you. If you try to force it because you're trying to manipulate someone to get their attention or someone powerful and offer them value. Like I have people offering me free NFTs every day or free this. And then, oh, by the way, you got the NFT. Can you post on that NFT now? You know what I mean? It's like... Do you know what you should do with that? Do you know what you should do with that? Yeah. Serious. I, I actually think this is, a, this is actually a good point. I think you, you could set up a charity wallet, right? Mm-hmm. A charity NFT wallet. And just go, yeah, cool. Send me your NFTs. Send them to the charity wallet. And then sell them straight on OpenSea, right? And, like give, and, give, the, and give the Ethereum to the charity oh, of your choice. How about that? Yeah. Because, because that way... Dude, I get fucking like... 20 NFTs a day. Yeah, but, I don't know who's selling them. I eat while it gets out there. But, 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 but. And then but, what they do? You know what they do? They post their project go, oh, the, fa- the, the co-founder of NFT owns one of our NFTs. Yeah. I didn't know I owned it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, actually, I know your NFT wallet details. I'm not going to tell anyone on this podcast, but I do know <laughs> I, I do know your NFT NFT wallet handle. So, and it is quite a distinctive handle that you could send it to. So it's kind of like if, if it's the one I'm thinking yeah. of. But Which but one? yeah, we we, we we can't. We're not going into the into the wallet details. But what I'm saying is, like, it's it's, it's it wouldn't it wouldn't be hard to understand what wallet your wallet was, and then and then send you one. But I'm just saying, like, if even if they did, you could just you could just get you could just take them into a charity wallet, and then and then and then sell them all, and then get, and give them all. And and the pro the here's, here's there's two reasons for that. One, we're making one if money for charity for free and two um the the project that gave you the nft still gets still gets some exposure that they wanted in the first place because because their nft has been sold for charity so it so it ticks their it ticks their ego boost and it ticks and it and it and it and it and it and does something does something for someone else and like that's that's the only win-win conversation i reckon that can be got out of that to be honest I've never, if you can believe, I've never sold a single NFT in my life. I, I'm not, I don't, I buy every day let's, to support the community. I don't even know what I'm buying. I just buy randoms. Let's, you, can, you just buy, you just buy things that you like. Before we go into, yeah, I, I've never sold an NFT. Before we go into NFTs, because I really want to go into depth with you on NFTs, because obviously this lights me up, but it was important for me before we went into NFTs. I just wanted people to understand where you've come from, what you've been through, and you kind of how you how you look at the world. Because I because because I knew from getting on with you straight away on the DMs on Instagram and voice noting and stuff, I I knew that we were on a similar type of path in terms of like value and all this stuff and how you've. And I just want people to understand as well how long you went without money before you started to become in the position you've got. Because everyone thinks it's fucking instant and everyone and everyone would just think, ah, oh, he's hooked up with Mark Cuban and Mark Cuban's giving him the world. And it's not it's not like that at all. So I wanted people to get that. Yeah, exactly. But but before we go just so that ev- for ev- so that everyone's abundantly clear on this, and I think you're the best man to explain this, right, Jace? Sure. For the people at home that don't know what an NFT is, that have no fucking clue what a, what a non fungible token is, can you explain to them in your in, in the best way that you know how what a non fungible token is and and what value it brings to the world? 
I would say the way I would explain it, an NFT being kind of like a digital letter of authenticity. So what NFT does, it, it clarifies that this is in fact what you're buying. If you go buy a Picasso right now, right? Yep. Physical Picasso or fucking any pizza art, right? Yeah. You don't know for sure if that's real. You have, you have no clue if that is exactly what someone's paying you. You got to authenticate via provenance. The beauty of NFT, it, it, it takes away my word versus your word. Yeah. If this is an NFT, this is what it is, right? And that's the beauty of blockchain. Every transaction is recorded. Every every aspect of the NFT you can trace back to the, the the minute someone minted it originally, right? So, beyond, I don't listen. NFTs right now are big in the digital art space. I don't think it's going to be like that forever. I think it's going to change. But if in the context of digital art, it's giving millions of people an opportunity to become an artist. Yeah, that yeah. may like more hardest to become an artist, famous artist. A successful artist in the real world. Yeah, you have to be like, you know, hardest to get your art out there, a piece of physical art. Now you can. Sh- I don't. It doesn't matter who you are, whether you're rich, poor, female, male, disabled, etc. Whatever it is, you have an opportunity to express yourself through digital art, and anyone can do it now. If you're yeah. dedicated, you can do well. So. I would say how I would explain it to you is just uh, it's just taking the 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 challenging world of life and bringing it into a an environment where everyone has an opportunity to create something and own it. It's like yeah, I own if I mint this NFT from my OpenSea account, it is mine, right? Uh, it's not like I do something and try to sell it and that move a zillion hands. There's no complications. But beyond that, think about think about things in life where people take advantage, like mm, tickets to a, a concert. Yep. If every ticket was an NFT, there's no question. You're getting in that door, right? It's not like, oh, this is a fake or I bought it from a scalper. But take a, a, one, a next level deeper. Think about like, the presidential campaign voting ballots. Think about how how much controversy was it with Trump and fucking George Bush and every, there was always something, right? If everyone voted in the form of an NFT, there's no there's no, no Trump, argument. How much money Trump has to manipulate the world? You can't. Yeah, you. It, it's almost. And it's, 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 there's, there's obviously contracts, guys, written into the back of these NFTs that smart contracts are written into the back of these NFTs that, that allow certain things to happen. And one of the things that, that is great, I mean, let's talk about it in digital art just for the moment. Most of you probably know, you'll see these people that change their profile photos on Instagram and you might have seen things like, um, you know, crypto punks and uh, apes, Bored Ape Yacht Club. Um, and all these kind of big projects and they're selling for millions and millions of dollars. And when you, when you obviously buy one of these inside the smart contracts, you can obviously, there's a, there might be a 10% royalty to the artist yeah, or to the project. There might be a two, 2% clip back to OpenSea, all built into the smart contracts within the piece. That's just game changing. Yeah. Absolute game. The aspect, the secondary percentage is game changing. Yeah. Look at people. Yeah, people yep. sold his piece for sixty nine million. Yeah, which blew up the industry. 
that piece was not six to nine million originally, right? Someone yeah. bought it for nothing. 0.8 it, or something. Yeah, 0.8 Ethereum or something. Was it? No, I'm saying it pro- it's, they probably bought it for like 0.8 Ethereum or something. Yeah. Or maybe like one or two ETH. Yeah. A crypto pump just sold for half a billion dollars, 533 million. It was bought for four ETH, I think, or four grand or something mm. like that. Yeah. Mm. Like that's opening the world up. Yeah. And it was a dot com. Like when, when the dot com boom happened, it gave people platforms to just start their business. And you need to have a brick and mortar. So this is our next generation, our generation's version of that. The dot com boom. Everyone has a chance to just become something in NFTs. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. And, and what a lot of people are, what people, people say to me, Frankie, why did you spend four and a half Ethereum on a world of woman NFT? I'm like, okay, let me break it down for you. One, it's 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 a high rarity version of this world of women and world of women collection that I've bought. Two, it was one of the first women female um, collections that's been bought. Well, like, females right. do not get enough attention in this game. Yeah, right. Fe- fem- females in the NFT space are very, very it's a, they're very rare projects, and this project was one of the first, I believe, to to be a female project. Right, the art's good because it has a certain type of necklace on my NFT. I get a ten or twenty percent um, in with 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 another fifty owners that have the same trait. Ten um, percent of royalties back from the secondary market. So now I've got a piece of art that not oh, yeah. that not only now I've got a piece of art that not only is aesthetically pleasing that I think will appreciate in value, but now pays me a revenue for owning the piece of art. Beautiful. Right, and if you understand what I've just fucking said there, guys. You'll see why I'm so fucking bullish on this space and why I'm so things. Now, the thing that I that I think that that you can probably go into more, Jace, is like I think that people miss the intellectual property point of this play. Like, for argument's sake, because I own that world of woman NFT, let's just use this one as an example. When someone wants to put that on a fucking T-shirt at some point in time, or put it in an art gallery in the metaverse in their art gallery because they want to display it in the metaverse or put it in a physical gallery in the real world, someone's going to have to pay me for the rights to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's when things get really interesting. Also, I could also, when that, if that say that, say that piece of art as well, Jay, say that got to a 200 Ethereum value. There's also things like fractional selling of NFTs now, which I want you to go into as well. But what touch, touch, on, on, let me know if I'm going going down the wrong lines of any of that. I mean, what's what's what kind of what kind of what, what what's your thoughts on on what I'm saying there? Like, do you, do you, just break just just break it down from from your point of view because I because I can't I, I I just want you to really break down the, the different routes of ownership and what those can give to people in terms of like you're not just buying that piece of art for for the, for the arts value you can create revenue with this thing as well. Oh yeah. You own it. Right. I, I think, okay. Back to like the floor of this. Yeah. If I'm an artist and I'm selling my NFT and I maintain a 10% royalty on it for life in perpetuity, this artist will have and maintain a percentage of his art. He never loses his soul in that piece. It stays in there. Right. Yeah. When an artist creates a piece of painting and he sells it, it's gone, right? Yeah. So the artist maintains ownership of his creation as he should, right? Yeah. That's his creation. 
he deserves the royalties off of that. Like whoever created whatever product and got a patent on it and they're making royalties on it for life. Like there's, they created that. They figured that out. It's the same thing with art. This is your, this came from your brain, right? And that should always be associated back to you. And I think it's a beautiful thing. The, the perpetuity is like game changing. I think that's, the, I think that's the most underrated thing about NFTs that people don't talk about enough. People, back to people, like maybe he sold his painting at for a thousand bucks. Well, someone bought that for a thousand and sold it for ten thousand, and he made let's call it ten percent. He made a grand again, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, next, now all of a sudden, if he blows up, and that piece of art is worth so much, yeah. No one's taking advantage of the fact that they got it when he was a nobody, right? Yeah. When that sells for a million, he just made a hundred grand, right? When that sells for sixty-nine million, he made six hundred ninety thousand dollars, right? And and he deserves to own a piece of his creation for yeah. life. When that six nine million dollar piece sells, he's still he's still there. Even if it sells for less, still gets a slice of that thing. So I think that's a game changing. Fractionalizing just gives up. Like I look at it fractionalizing like Bitcoin. People think that like Bitcoin's at like sixty thousand plus right now. Yeah. People think they have to buy a full Bitcoin to have a Bitcoin. No, only a full Bitcoin. You buy a dollar of a Bitcoin, a fraction of it. It's more about like everything's commu- excuse me, community based. It's about like people want to support the community. Hundred percent. Fractionalizing allows everyone to you know benefit. <laughs> excuse me, benefit from a piece of art that's blowing up. Another direction, which I mean, maybe it's a little bit off topic of your question, but now go for it how NFTs will evolve right now is just like a JPEG, whatever, right? Yeah, so that's, that's, that is the basic level of it, but this goes way beyond the JPEG. So like my kids are two, right? My oldest twins. When they're 25 or whatever, and they're buying a house, they will never, ever buy a piece of physical art. When they build their house, there'll be an indent in their walls with a slim screen that fits on the wall like it's a painting and they'll display their NFTs there and maybe depending who's coming over that day, they'll change it or they'll rotate it. Or like, oh, it's just a JPEG. I could just screenshot it. You know what I mean? It's so much deeper than that. And I think that's where people don't see the opportunity. They think, oh, why are people spending so many millions of dollars on JPEGs? This is art. As pure its form, like the owner of this art maintains every aspect of that piece. Like I can yeah. go in someone's house and they have a fucking um, whatever art on the wall. Um, I don't know if that's real or not. I don't know what the story is behind that. I know that I can trace that piece of art. If it's an NFT, I don't care if it's traded a million times. I can trace it back to the first fucking person I'm in today. Yeah, and that's. The decentralization of, of this shit is what it's giving. That's why the governments and the and um, the banks are so afraid of crypto. It's giving people the power they deserve. Like it's giving people control back of their money, their art, and how you move creation. it. Yeah, and yeah, there's there's so there's so many ways that we can go with this. But I just I I just the what the just just the amount of the amount of things that you can do with an nft like if you if you if you're a music recording artist now or 
or, yeah. or, or a sports person. It's 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 so it's so amazing. Like even even if right even if you're a, even if you're a young woman listening to this or man for that instance that's trading their own art and selling their own art on Etsy, right? I wouldn't be doing that anymore. I'd be selling NFTs. Oh, on, I'll be selling NFTs. 100%. I'd be selling that. I, if you've taken the time to create that art and put it on Etsy and sell it for two, $200, you can just NFT and sell it on and sell it. And then if you if, if you sell it for like 0. 0.08 Ethereum as a floor price and then it gets sold for one Ethereum and you've got a 10% royalty on it, that's that's another point, you know, point one, point one, And it's, it's, it's just a game changer. Think about it. Everything in our lives has gone digital. Yeah. Money's going digital now. Bitcoin, yep. crypto, whatever, Ethereum. Everything's going digital. That's just how the world is. It makes the world more efficient. It's This is going to stay and just get bigger. Maybe no one's going to be buying JPEGs for fucking half a billion dollars anymore or whatever. Yep. But the, the essence of what we're dealing with is going to change the fucking world. It is giving everyone a fair shot at life. Is game changing, and until people see the fact that this is beyond just a piece of art, yeah, they're gonna miss the boat, just like they did with the dot com boom. They're gonna miss the boat. Every dollar I own is in crypto. Every That's dollar, every, every dollar. dollar, literally every dollar. Other than what I need to put in my bank to pay my mortgages and shit, every fucking dollar is in crypto. That's how much I believe in in this. And do you, do, you, do, you, do, you, do you hold most of that in like stable coins or Bitcoin and Ethereum? Bitcoin and Ethereum. Yeah. yeah. But I also have like, a, like, like, like 150 wallets. I'm, you know, I'm constantly, because again, I'm a target constantly. Yeah, yeah, of course. Like you have to, you, you can't be in your position. Yeah, I think in my name even. Like I, not in my name, but like on, I don't hold anything personally. It's, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a dangerous game right now. It's, yeah, it's yeah. Little, it's a little scary for people like me. Being you know so public in the space and you know, yeah. hacked regularly, but anyways, that's a totally different conversation. But yeah, I I I believe in it. I'll tell you why I also really believe in it. And this is a this is a tip for you. I do when I do business, like especially in the social game, like I'm a lot of times dealing with like H and L kids. They don't have bank accounts. If you don't pay them in Bitcoin or Ethereum, you don't do business okay. with them. Okay, that's man. the future, bro. Who's in Who's the next? Iteration of fucking people, the eighteen-year-old kids—they're going to be the thirty one day, and then that they're just ingrained in crypto. Yeah, uh, ever since I ever since I bought my first piece of Bitcoin, honestly, as soon as you buy, as soon as you buy Bitcoin or Ethereum, you you, you 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 can't you can't go backwards. You can't go like backwards. You just always want another one, you know. It's like you can't go backwards. And I'm, te- and I'm telling you straight, Jace, right? I've, I, 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 I sold out some Bitcoin for some Ethereum and some Cardano, and to, 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 to move a bit of money about and to do a bit, of, do a bit of, do a bit of marketing. I was doing it at the time, but I'm yeah. telling you now, right? I'm never selling any Bitcoin again. Ever, ever. No. Don't you dare ever sell your fucking Bitcoin. There's 21 million Bitcoin out there. The worst, Maybe. the worst decision of my fucking life. Don't get me wrong, I've got. I've done it, too, bro. I know, but I'm just telling. I want to, Jason. I just, I'm telling everyone so that they can listen to what I'm saying and know that fuck it. Like, I've, I've fucking I, look. 
I'm just telling you straight down the line, never ever sell Bitcoin and buy it every day, every week that you can. Um, dollar cost average into it. Yeah, even today, bro, it's 60 plus, 1,000 plus. Mate, if you feel like it's a lock, you're going to have 10,000, but when it's 100,000 or 200,000 or a million, you're going to feel fucking dummy when you buy it at 60,000. What do you think Bitcoin goes to? I, I think this is my theory of it. I think it's going to go up, going to go down. You know, it's always going to have the volatility. If you're a holder, it doesn't matter if it goes down yeah. or goes up because nah. right? eventually it balances out. I think within five years, I think it's at a million plus a coin. My me, I'm gonna hold everything. That's it. Five years, ten years, twenty years, fifty years. So you're not you're not selling any crypto. Nothing, nothing. I don't sell. I don't sell NFTs. I don't sell crypto. I've made mistakes in the past and sold Bitcoin, yeah, Ethereum. Fucking telling me, fucking idiot. Mm. But it's okay. That's part of the process. I've I've cost myself in excess of seven seven easy seven figures easy seven figures in gains by moving in and out of projects thinking that I can fucking time the market and thinking that I'm this fucking wizard that knows everything and the simple thing is if you want to get wealthy. That's the beauty of crypto. If you want to get wealthy, though, Jace, there's a simple route to this. If, you, if, if someone's out there and they want to get wealthy, it's just take as much money as you can every week and just buy Bitcoin and Ethereum. Like, yep. and, and, and I'm telling you now, in fucking five years' time, you, you ain't got no problem. Oh. And, that's, and people, people don't like that because they're like, oh, yeah, but I can buy, I can buy H-Bar and H-Bar could be the next. Yeah, it could be. It could be. But why not back two proven fucking race courses, race horses with use cases, and just let them ride? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Dude, let them do what they do. You know that that right now, a million people a day are, are registering a crypto account. Yeah, it's you think crazy. this is going anywhere? This is the greatest thing that's happened in our lifetime, and maybe yeah. the greatest thing that happens yeah. in, yeah. in the rest of our lives. Yeah. But what Bitcoin? I'm gonna say Bitcoin because Bitcoin was. Kind of, I would say the pioneer of all of this. Bitcoin has changed everything. It has turned banks, governments upside down. It has made, it's given freedom to every to across the planet. Think about how many people in these third world countries that cannot get a bank account. They get Bitcoin. They can trade that. that yeah. Like I spent Bitcoin, you know, a large amount of money for like eight dollars. Across the world, like yeah. that is insane. What type of freedom that has? Like, yeah, it, it is the most game-changing thing in the last fucking hundred years. Like, ah, this is bigger than fucking TV inventions or phones. This is what crypto is going to do to the world. Is insane. Oh, when when I was it you first stumbled across NFTs specifically, and how did you find it? I give all credit to Mark Cuban because he got me in the game. Um, he, I want to say about like around February, uh, he he said, you know, we're going all, get ready. Like we're going all in on this, this NFT stuff. I'm like, the fuck is NFT? I don't, I wasn't even in crypto. I was not a crypto guy. No. I was, I'm like a newbie in like, you know, overall 
in comparison to when crypto was, you know, was was started, right? Like I've been in crypto longer than you. Oh, you have, you have. Dude, you have the first. I, I dabbled with Bitcoin like in 2020 here, but nothing crazy. The first investment I made in, in crypto and Bitcoin, it was so funny. Like the first large one I made was the day before Elon Musk tweeted. Remember back? He yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck you now. And I'm like, oh, I just put about that 55,000. It's fucking 29,000. I was freaking mm. out, but I just like dollar cost average. I stuck with the game. And, yep. and you know, it worked out. But back then, just to answer your question, Mark said that, right? The last time Mark said he's going all in on something, he put a billion dollars into Amazon. So I'm like, all right, this guy obviously knows what he's fucking talking about. He's Mark Cuban. So I managed to get that NFT handle and the rest is history. It just changed my life. It's changed. It is opened the doors to such opportunities for me that I can never, I can never, I'm, I'm so indebted to Mark Cuban. Yeah. And him and I are, you know, we're, you know, we're tight. We, we talk a lot. Like he's big in the NFT space, right? So, you know, he's, he's, He's very supportive. He's very – he's there when I need him. And I'm, no, he's just a great fucking human. But I owe everything to that man and NFT, without a doubt. Fucking That's what I got Mark so, got me in before it exploded. Before it exploded. And, just before. And here's, and here's the thing that I need all of you to fucking listen to in what Jason just said there. The reason why Jason was presented with the opportunity – and 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 the gift the the gift the gift of like being shown this is the way we're going because this is the insight into that the reason why Jason got that is because of his relationship he built with a person predicated on not trying to just clip the ticket all the time and it took me years to be in a position where he took my call on the email right had yeah. I not done all that shit for years of struggle and depression and downtimes and yep. fear, had I not fought through that, Mark would never have even listened to me. I remember 10 years ago, talk about law of attraction and believing it. I remember 10 fucking years ago watching Dragon's Den, or uh, sorry, Dragon's Den is the Canadian version, uh, Shark Tank. Dragon's Den in the UK too. It's in the UK, yeah. Um, I was literally watching it and I was no clue what I wanted to do in my life is before I met Holyfield and all that. I saw Mark speak and the confidence he had and like he's Jewish and I'm Jewish. And I'm thinking to myself, he started with nothing. Like I'm in a challenging position. I tell myself, I want to work with that fucking guy one day. I want to work with that guy one day. Ten years later, he bought half of my company. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. I'm a fucking same schmuck on my couch, my parents' basement, like every other fucking kid was wishing and praying. But I did it. I just said, okay, this is a goal of mine. And it came fucking true. Now, everything in life, I don't question at all. Yeah. Do, do, do you have anything like in regards to like uh, vision boards or – uh, do, you, do you do you do anything around that, or do you, do you like write down your goals in a journal? How how do you how do you yeah. how like law, law of attraction? Law of attraction, I believe in uh, wholeheartedly. But what how do you, how are you taking action to attract these things into your life? Um, 
I, 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 what I do every morning when I wake up and every night I go to bed, I say three things I'm grateful for. Three every things. morning, I open my I open my eyes, and I, I set a notification on my calendar. Every night, every single morning, every single night, and it's such a simple thing. And sometimes they're three in depth, you know, very deep in depth things. Sometimes they're just like, oh, thankfully I'm happy or, or healthy, yeah. right? And then just maybe appreciate everything I have, and then the whole mindset changes right you are grateful that you're healthy that you have healthy families you're grateful that you met your wife right and then once you everything even the small things become something that you're grateful for then you, try, you kind of take that same mentality and utilize it in the rest of your life it's more about just training your brain to, to like you know think think positively and thinking like a thinking in, in, in a direction of like happiness and healthy and success and you know and and, and I, even when i was down and i had nothing i was like oh this is, what I, this is what i really want to do and i you know i believe in it. i gotta stay positive i gotta stay believing in myself and confidence and don't worry about all the all the things that people have said about you in the past you can't do this can't do that this is your life you know and i just committed to just get i wanted the best life that i can have like it's you know one yeah. fucking life one yeah, I get it I get it completely you've just gone you've just gone all in on yourself which is which is which is exactly how it should be for a lot of people you're gonna bet on anyone bet on your fucking self yeah. that's in your this this is this is why I don't understand sometimes and it took me it, it's like you if you're gonna invest in something invest invest in yourself because exactly. at, at least at least when you, you fail it's on you yeah 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 it, you, you can't ever fail when you invest on yourself because let, I'll give you an example. You could learn how to build a Shopify store and then you could not use it for three years, but those skills that you learned three years ago could then end up being the skills that, you know, do do something for you. Do you know what I mean? At the end of the day. You want to get fucked. Even when someone rips you off, whatever it is. Yeah. You learn. learn from- you're learning. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. You learn, you, learn, you learn from every conversation you have if you're willing to listen and, and observe and you can pick up so much from just being, by just being, like you say, grateful for being in the position you're in and being open to, to experience all these things. But in order to be able to do that, you have to be able to give yourself the freedom of thought to think it, which go, which goes back to what we were talking about before, which is like all this self-judgment that people do, all this self-doubt, fuck it off because all... Yeah, social media doesn't make it any better because everyone's yeah. fucking care themselves to everyone else. And it's all fucking smoke and mirrors and bullshit a lot of it, right? Yeah. I mean... Not bringing people's confidence down. Like, oh, well, I'm not, you know, I, I haven't edited my pictures as much as the next person. Or, you know what I mean? Like, it just kills people's confidence. It's not right. So you, you've, you, see, your social media, I mean, you're, you're not as obviously highly followed as your other big social accounts on your personal account, but you've got some of the biggest pages on social media in terms of, like, in the sporting world, obviously, yeah. at NFT. I think you've got at Leverage as well. That's correct, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, so Leverage is my company with Mark. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say NBA memes being the biggest, you know, it's got 4 million plus followers. We have tens of millions across all the social, but the way Mark and I connected was through NBA memes and our love for basketball and social media. Yeah. And how we connected was, was so authentic too. Like it wasn't like I was trying to sell him or I just, we just happened to have similar interests. So I would say NBA memes being our flagship um, our flagship account, but NFT is just 
taken a life of its own. Yeah. That NFT has taken a life of its own. It is so big. And again, I'm going to list a mark because early on in NFTs, we had opportunities to work with everybody, every celebrity out there under the sun. Because typically when you know these celebrities are seeing their friends making millions in seconds, they don't know where to start. They yep. go to Instagram or whatever. They type in NFT. They see those three letters. They see the blue check mark, and they see Mark Cuban's name, and they want to work with us. And Mark said, "Don't take. I don't care how many millions are on the table. Do not take it. Build your community. Build the trust. Get back to the community. Because if you're taking those cash grabs, he's like, these are all going to be cash grabs. Once it's all done, the sand, the dust will settle, and you'll be the biggest." community in the space and we are and and we turn down life-changing money but now it's all paying off yeah yeah I'll, yeah no i i totally agree with you because you've got long you've got long-term games long-term people how I've, I've been telling everyone to operate for, for for a while now like in terms of like how how you how you now monetize nfts for, for, from a business standpoint is that just is that just like through your email list and through your website and through doing collabs with partnership deals and all this kind of stuff? Is that how you've kind of monetizing it from, from, from a business standpoint now? Well, I'll tell you, we get about a thousand DMs a day on that NFT. I get about, you know, half of that on my personal account at JF on Instagram. And I would say the opportunities are too much. So we can't, even, no matter how quick we scale, we can't do deals quick enough. You know, like we just did with Khalifa's drop, um, sold out. We did, uh, we're doing a little baby's drop. We did Floyd Mayweather's drop. We did World Star or Two Chains. Like we've, you know, we've done a lot of interesting people's drops. But yeah, I think, I think at this stage, it's just we've created a reputation and everyone knows. Like I see every, almost every deal that goes to NFT comes through me at some capacity. Yeah. You know, yeah. Cause you want to make sure it's aligned. Yeah. And I, I would say from a social perspective, from marketing social, you know, I would say we, we pioneered that game. There was no presence on social media until at NFT came along, you know, until Mark said, let's go. And that's put us in a position where we control a narrative almost, you know, and, we just try to give the information that's as relevant to the space. Um, and because we're in that position, everybody wants to work with us. Everybody that doesn't have tea wants to work with us. And it's a beautiful thing. We can't do everyone. You know, we can't do everyone's job. Yeah. We can't work with a new platform. I've so not, I've, Sorry? I've noticed that in podcasting as well, you know, as you as you as you start to be build yourself up as uh, you know, as as people start to understand, fucking this podcast is a real deal. People start to try and invite themselves onto your podcast because they like that. That, that it's the same way that you're doing you're doing deals. But the way the way the way I said I'd operate it from day one, and the way that you're operating it is is is, is similar. I I basically like if unless I want to have the genuine conversation with the person, then I'm not having them on regardless yeah because, but if you don't connect with someone yeah. fuck you wasting your hour of your life because that's your hour of your life that you'll never get back bro yeah 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 for sure but 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 it's like that but this but i i see a lot of podcasts out there and sometimes i i listen and i'm like fuck these this person's not even interested in being it like what is the point 
It's too. It's too. It's too, it's too no fucking point. It's too, it's too. So what you just said there, fully, fully, fully yeah. resonated. Sorry. What you said there just fully resonated because, like, I was like, "Fuck!" It's just exactly the same way I've, 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 I've operated with this from day one. It's like, you well, got... I'll tell you right now, this has been the best podcast I've been on in my life. And I don't do a lot, so I doesn't say that much, Frankie. I'm yeah, he's been, he's, he's only lot. done two. <laughs> <laughs> killed me, one bro. One of two. I've actually done two others in the last couple of weeks. And, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But, but, but I, I try not to be on on these. No, nah, I, 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 I know. I had I had to spy you in the DMs to get you on here. You did, yeah. You're very, but I gotta say, this has been one of the best podcasts I've been on, and one of the best interviews I've actually done because it's real. It's, fuck, it's, just, it's just real it's shit. Real. Nothing wrong with being real. Like I can go and have a fucking beer with you and just have the same conversation. Yeah, obviously I'll be drinking sparkling water and I'll buy you a beer. <laughs> but but no judgment, no judgment. Like we just it just it just flows, man. But this this. No and I appreciate you saying that because I fucking love this shit like more than you more than more than I could ever put into words I can the passion and it's like mate just just uh, you know being able to be in conversations with people like yourself distilling NFTs on the world and, and, and the kind of the fundamentals behind it that people perhaps haven't got yet obviously understanding how you've built how you've built these businesses and, and the, the key thing here right about this podcast is Everyone, everyone's expecting me to get on this podcast and just talk to you about solidly about NFTs. And, and again, I want to dive a little bit further into that. But the key, I, I want people to understand your mindset of how you've how you've engineered and created the opportunity to work with Mark on on a level. How you've then curated this social presence that you've got, and then also your mindset on how you operate as a human being in terms of like what you will and won't accept in your life. That is the most powerful shit for the audience, in my opinion, because, look, I want you to, all, all you guys that listen to this, to go and follow at NFT on Instagram and at JF, because I think that's where you're going you're gonna to get the most juice out of seeing what NFTs are dropping. But if you were going to, Jace, if you were going to, if you were going to, like, give people advice in terms of, like, okay, now I'm interested in NFTs, first of all, where is the best place for them to go and submerse themselves other than your account to learn more about the space so that because because there's not we could do two hours solidly just talking about nfts on here and we wouldn't cover I'm sure, it i'm sure i'm just moving locations keep going yeah so so i, I just want you to like um you know say to, tell people where they can go and where get more, more to go? yeah the best place I'm to go big, there's two platforms i love um open great platform they Excuse me, sorry, I mentioned the locations. Great platform. They definitely have taken over the market. I would say more like the general, like the eBay of, of the industry. I would yeah. say the better, the better place for higher end IP and quality um, is a platform called Eternity, which I'm a big fan of. I'm very close with the the founder of that, Nick Rose. Great people. They do drops for like you know the Muhammad Ali estate. And you know Shaquille O'Neal, Marilyn Monroe, like they're really, they're just they're just great at what they do. Um, but those are the definitely the two the two biggest platforms that I would recommend if you're just trying to get into the game. Um, sorry, I'm just getting a charger right now. Um, but yeah, I, I would highly recommend those two as a starting point. If you had some words of advice for people, obviously that are new to this game, they want to start looking at NFTs. They may they may want to purchase some NFTs with some of their Ethereum that they've bought. What would be like the key things that you you told them to look for in a good project? In a good NFT? Yeah. That's a great question, actually. 
So I would say first and foremost, um, the, the art, the art has to be quality and the roadmap of an NFT. So is, is there more to the project than just the art? Yeah. Just the group trying to make money. Yep. What type of utility comes with these NFTs? If you see, you know, you've seen, I'm sure you've seen a lot of these 10,000 drop profile avatar type projects. Yeah. Those, there's a lot of them and they're frequently coming and there's a lot of opportunity to make money and collect those arts. But there's also a lot of them that will promise certain things. If you own an NFT, you get access to a club and metaverse or whatever the case is. Mm. So that aspect of it needs to like, if you don't feel like they put the effort beyond just the art, then I would steer clear. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I think people can see the difference in quality of art at this point too. Yeah. The, I think, I think the, I think the key things, Jason, quality of art, first and foremost, you've got to buy things that you actually like yourself and that you'd hold on to That's you, it. because That's if, right because if that. you don't like it, how would you resell it? Like, think about that for one. Like, how would you resell something if you don't actually like it yourself? So you can't just be buying it for money. The second thing I'll say no, you is... buy for money, yeah. The second thing I'll say, from my personal opinion, and I don't know whether you agree with this, Jace, right? But I'm... in Unless I'm buying a blue chip, unless I'm buying a blue chip, I, a.k.a. a crypto punk or a, or a proven project in the top 20, a proven project that's... Or a V-friend or um, a board Ape Yacht Club, or something like that. Unless I'm buying one of those real blue chips, I'm buying mints. I'm not buying. I'm not buying. I'm not buying uh, on the pumps, right? I'm buying. I'm buying. What's that? Sorry. Everybody wants to catch the next big thing, the yeah. next ape. Yeah. I, I I agree with you. I'm on that. I'm on the same train. Yeah, I I just, I just think for for these people that are starting, if you, if you've got one Ethereum. I would just do your research into like top projects with utility and then mm-hmm. when you've done your research into the top projects with the utility and you believe in them, you find, you find 10, you find 20, I would mint, uh, I'd mint, I'd mint those on the white, I'd get on the white list through the discord yep. group and I'd mint those and one, exactly. um, and then if you've done your research and you've, and you've done what Jason said to you just then, which is look for more utility behind the artwork and artwork that you like and you and 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 you're minting them for the lowest possible price that you can mint them for you probably will most definitely make money out of nfts but if you yes. do what i did in the initial period i when i came into nfts i bought on OpenSea, and i i bought these i bought um i, I was buying i was buying all kinds of different stupid shit basically yeah i liked it <laughs> But I thought, oh yeah, this looks good. This looks like a crypto punk. I'll buy that. This looks like a board ape. I'll buy that. Do you know what I mean? And now I've got, and and, and now and now I've got now world of world of women was the first project. Other world of women gangs of gang, uh, ape gang, and a couple of other uh, what was the other project? Um, Wicked apes were the first projects that I invested in where I actually did a little bit more. I'd 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 already lost. I'd already lost an Ethereum at this point <laughs> just by being a fucking idiot. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I had to, I've got to be honest with you. I've got to be honest with you, bro. Like, I, I lost one ETH just being a fucking retard, just going and buying, just going and buying, just going and buying anything and everything that 
just because I was so passionate about the space. But you have to be willing to don't listen to this podcast and then go away and start going buying NFTs. Go and join all the discords. Go and join. Go and see the product utility and, and really understand what Jason's just said there because it's so powerful, man. So powerful. So, Jason, I reckon the next the next thing that we touch upon is obviously where you think the space ultimately goes that most people are missing. Because I think I think you can give us a bit more of an insight into like you know where the future of NFTs goes way beyond what anyone's even thinking about right now. Like really, like really in depth right now. I think the music industry is going to be disrupted like crazy, and the movie business, um, the NIP. Like you're going to see. Marvel doing NFTs, you're going to see like big brands who have like great historic characters like, you know, Donald Duck, you'll see those being put out there as NFTs. Um, but back to the music industry, like especially a lot of these rappers, they're huge and they probably make 10 to 20% on every dollar that comes in on their music. And the labels make the most. They give the, the musicians a fat advance, a million bucks, whatever, crazy money for them at the time. But the, the, the studios and, and the record label labels are just making millions off these, you know, off the, the talent of these artists. So, I mean, I, I saw Tory Lanez dabble into that and, and, you know, start selling his NFTs, start selling his music as NFTs. But I think once it gets a little bit more organized there will be you'll see a lot more independent artists and it actually gives them a platform to become famous on their own to yeah. get their music out there and control control their music they don't need to wait for the man you know the man at top of the, the executive at a studio to say you're good enough here's a million dollar check to get started and then we're going to take back every dollar plus 20 percent for the rest of your life right so i think once these artists realize that they have the platform they have the following they have the communities people are, are buying their music for them not the, the label right yeah so once yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. realize that they're not they have the power there you're going to see people so many people putting out albums, putting out movies. Because even like uh, Brad Pitt, for example, people aren't going to see a movie for the studio. They're going to see Brad Pitt. Yep. Maybe he's making a $10, 20000000 million check, but the studios are making hundreds of millions off his back, right? And I don't think that should be the case. So I see those two industries, especially people of power, like a celebrity at that level, to take it back. No, yeah. no, you'll get 20% of my revenue, not me keep 20% of my revenue, right? Yeah. It's, it's going to flip. Yeah. That's where I see where come in big. When, when I, when I, um, I mean, for, I, I agree with you totally. I think, I think it would change the podcasting game as well. Yeah. I really, I really do. I don't I don't know how yet. I haven't figured it. And, um, I, I have no idea, but I'm just, I'm just, I've just got a feeling that, that I'm, I'm got, I'm got, I've got a feeling I'm going to do something within NFTs, like within the podcasting game, but not now. Not I'm talking about. I'm talking about what. No one's. I've never heard anyone, like at least me, talking about the NFT synergy with with podcasts. So mm. maybe you're onto something. No, I, 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 I've got, I've got, um, 
it's, it's something I don't, I don't think it's now I think it's in the future but I know I know there's something there because it's like there just has to be because I, because I think I think what what I'd like to do in the future with this podcast is get get people like yourselves it, it like and and other guests that I've had on onto onto like live shows and, and and do live shows in front of the people that have listened to you on the podcasts and and they get to spend a bit of time with you and and the way that I might sell a ticket for that might be an NFT like I don't know do, do, do you know what I mean that, they can sell it out to you and enjoy the show and make money after yeah 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 I, I, yeah, I, it I, even, right? yeah it's, it's it's, utility to it there's value to it it's, it's an exclusive yeah. ticket you can make money even after you saw the show yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I even, I even, I even thought, I even thought, right. A lot of people that listen to podcasts hate hate ads, and I don't run ads on no podcasts because I'd rather just I'd rather shoot myself in the head than than read yeah. an ad out on the podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being honest with you, Dave. It's it's, I feel you, bro. It, I'm with you on that, bro. It, it's it's not, mate. I can't lean into something that's not me, mate. I can't say, hey, buy the latest NFT yeah. from NFT.com. Real, bro. Real. I just, I just have. You got you got to know who you are, and you got to stand up to that. So, so I thought to well, myself. So I so I thought to myself. Well, people don't want ads on the podcast. That that's cool, but people people, but but sometimes but sometimes but say but say the, the, the they the community of the podcast might wanna might wanna buy an NFT that gives them access to a live show a year, one fifteen minute conversation with with me a year as a, like a mentoring thing, or one one like. Do you know what I mean? There's loads of different things you can add into an NFT that kind of, that, that kind of, and, and it's just, this is why the space has blown my fucking mind wide open and why I love it so much is because it's an NFT in, in essence is open to your perception and you can contract and smart contract into it whatever you so desire and serve that to your audience. How, how, how big a, a bigger project do you think Gary Vaynerchuk's V friends are going to be? I think Gary's going to be massive. He, the way he speaks, he really believes in what he's talking about. And I, I say the same thing about Mark. You know, guys like Mark and Gary, they have enough money. You know, they don't need to. They don't need to trick anybody. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. genuinely. If they they're speaking it. about something, they fucking love it and they believe it. Yeah, and Gary certainly believes in what he's doing, and he's not the type of guy saying invest in V friends, and I'm gonna you won't you know I'll fuck off in a year and yeah. retire on island. Like he's going, he's the type of guy that what he commits to he he fulfills. So I'm not a buyer of it, not that not because I didn't, I just missed the boat. Um, not that I can't buy, maybe I will, but I, I think that a guy like Gary, especially with podcast background like you know and his presence and the way he has great foresight on social media yeah yeah, yeah he's 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 the type of guy like mark who's just like they're just so ahead of all of us why i don't fucking know they just have a gift yeah whatever they touch somehow turns to gold yeah and no they I, say they go all in on nft they're gonna go all in on nft yeah no i i agree with you so i missed out on the first drop of the v friends too right yeah mm-hmm. and Rather than judging myself, thinking that was the biggest mistake of my my life, <laughs> Gary Gary posted on his story one day saying, "Hey, I'm releasing this new book, Twelve and a Half. 
if you for everybody that buys 12 copies every 12 copies you buy i'm going to be sending you something to your wallet address right so i was like right fuck so i just fucking <laughs> I, I, I i bought i bought 12 i bought 12 books and in hindsight i actually wish, got you he got you in hindsight i wish i'd bought probably 120 but but anyway in december he sends out the he'll send out an nft gift i guarantee you the nft that he sends me in december is worth way more than the the 300 dollars that i've invested in books that i'm gonna that i'm gonna actually give these books to the podcast listeners and do giveaways with them anyway so i'm gonna do good with the books anyway and and the books the the books so it's a win-win-win basically and that that's i think there's a massive nft space for authors artists the the whole game's just absolutely changed and people still think we're just talking about fucking jpegs and i I, i'm like i'm like bro do you not understand what you or what 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 the game is here the game the game's just flipped and that's and that's why jay's like massively just just again mate thank you so much for coming on the podcast today man like i fucking love you bro you're a real as fuck you're a great dude I really hope that we have a chance to, to meet and, and, and oh, we're gonna we're, we're gonna we're, we're gonna meet. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna talk you. I'm gonna talk you into like inviting me around the house. We're gonna like you'll pro- you'll probably talk you'll probably you'll probably talk me into smoking a joint. So like, <laughs> Dude, I told you your first joint's gonna be with me. <laughs> but but before before we before we do do let you get back to your get back get back to your family and, and your Friday night. But the before before we do that. If it, if there's one piece per like piece of advice, pearl of wisdom, like if you had to depart the world today and had to leave one pearl of wisdom that you, you know on the planet that 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 is, that is the only thing that you can leave behind is this is this one piece of advice. What piece of advice would you leave the world today? I actually know what that is because because it's something I've been preaching a lot. Don't change. People change when they get more money or they get this or that. But as quick as you can earn that money, you can lose it. Yeah. Be you. Don't change. I see so many people around me, they get successful, whatever the case is, and they're, they think they're better than you, or they think they deserve this and deserve that, or they don't meet the way in line, whatever the case is. We're just people, man. Money is just a means. Just yeah. don't change. Be you. you don't, don't forget who you are. That's what I would say. Don't forget who you are. Yeah, I love that. I love that because we we all need we all need reminding of it, like and reminding of it every day as well. Like and that, and, and even if you have to write that on your mirror in fucking whiteboard mark, I don't care what you do, but like just kind of just kind of sit with that and sit with it. But um, Frankie, every morning you wake up, it's a blessing. You say three things you're grateful for, and every night before you bed, you say three things you're grateful for. You'll see. How appreciative you are for the show on your back, even. Yeah, yeah, we are so we are so fucking lucky. In so the, fucking lucky. We are so fucking lucky. You appreciate how lucky you are when, like, you see a plane crash. Oh my god, yeah. 150 people are dead. I uh, thank God I'm. I feel you know my family's safe. Then you forget about it. But if you remind yourself every day how fucking lucky you are, your whole life will change. Fucking hell. So. <laughs> Mate, honestly, I, you won't think about what you don't have anymore, right? Yeah, yeah. you think about what you do have. Well, it, it, the the one thing that resonates with me from that is I think about the time that you can want all these materialistic things in your life, right? 
I mean, you have enough money now to, to buy whatever you, ever you so desire and all that stuff, which is great. But the one, but set, if, when you're in hospital and you're laying on your back and you, and, and you need to have an operation, the only thing that you want in that moment isn't the pair of Gucci shoes on your feet. It's, it's your health, right? Yeah. So take that fucking health. Don't take it for granted. Live every moment. You know, if you don't like your job, change it. If you don't like the, the 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 way that you turn up to the world, change it. If you can, if you can, if if, you, if you've got to sit with yourself and identify the triggers that keep fucking going on in your head, do it. Listen to listen to this fucking podcast twice because yes, yes, I had Jason on here to talk about NFTs and I love NFTs too, right? I fucking massively bullish on NFTs and yes, I had him on here to talk about NFTs, but. The, the real juice in this podcast isn't about the NFTs. It's about the mindset and the lessons that got Jason into the position to be able to partner with the people he's partnered with, to be able to do the deals that he's done and to build the relationships he's built. And if you listen to those learners that he's distilled through this, you will fucking get exactly what I need you to get from this podcast, irrespective of whether you go and buy an NFT or not. And that's all I have to say on it, man. And I just follow Jace on, on Instagram at JF. Follow NFT, his NFT page at NFT. And his overarching business is at Leverage. And Jace, mate, again, fucking, I know you don't do these. And I fucking appreciate your time, bruv. And I, I hope, I hope, I hope, mate, I hope that's the best podcast that you ever do in your entire fucking life. Without a doubt. Without a fucking doubt. You're, you're a real one, bro. I appreciate Thank you, man. You it was fantastic. Even I, though I'm missing Jay and my kids, it was fantastic. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. And guys, do us a favor. Send send Jace a message. Send me a message uh, on Insta, Instagram letting, letting, letting him know about the podcast. He'll get through it or his PA will get through it with one of his thousands of DMs, but I want you guys to let him know what you thought and what you've got out of this podcast because I want to give yeah, him some feedback. Do, do you know what I mean? Because every, everyone's going in his DMs trying to sell him a fucking NFT project. It'd be nice to actually him to get some DMs like of some for people. real. Just like, yeah. be you, man. Yeah. And, and, and the last thing I'll say is like, I fucking, I'm not better than you. Yeah. Or anyone else yeah. DM me. I'm just me. I just found who I was, right? Just find who you are. And just, like if you're in that dead end job, just fucking leave. There's always yeah. an answer. There's always a way. I don't care what anyone says. There's always a way. Well, I'm happy to be here, give advice. You know what I mean? That's that's I can. that's some real shit right there. That's Jason Falovich. That's the Frankie Lee podcast. And that is the mic drop for this week. Much love, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Peace out. Don't forget to subscribe to the Frankie Lee podcast.